0: Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of News You Can Use. I'm Ann Baldwin, and I'm so excited to have one of my favorite people back in the house, Daryl mcgraw man it's good to see you again
1: oh yeah what's up man how you doing
0: i'm doing good it's just so great to have you back here daryl i mean your list of accomplishments I think you were first on the show when we did it with the connection maybe three four years ago Mm -hmm. and look what you've accomplished since then I mean you're a certified addiction counselor right Mm -hmm. you are a recovery support specialist a criminal justice professional Um, you've held so many different positions and we'll get into that and talk more about that and you're telling me that today before you came into the studio you were in prison
1: yeah, I was I was in prison. They let me out though. It was cool. <laughs> this, um, this time. Yeah, they let me out. Yeah.
0: This time. But that hasn't own. always been the case. And we're going to no. dig into your background a little bit, Daryl. I saw your post on social media uh, and what did you say about this guy that you just met with in prison?
1: Yeah, so um just met a guy, just met him today and it was really cool. Um he had never he's been in and out of prison since he was a teenager, a little kid and he's in his 50s now. And he told me that uh, he has never been out longer than six months, and wow. so I reached out to everyone that I know on social media, and I said, "We're going to change that, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to apply every resource, every friend that I have, whether whatever he needs, we're going to support him. I want to say, I want to celebrate with everybody. You know, you, me, everybody. When he gets that one year, that 365 days out, and, and more. You know, all my friends. As I told him, all my friends that have been for, formerly incarcerated." Are all successful and and taxpayers now, so that's the goal.
0: So why this guy? <clears throat>
1: hey, you know what's? It, I never know. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in God. So whoever God sends me, and it was just by through somebody um who knew what knew me, knew my story, knew my journey, said, "Hey, I got a guy that you know I get it all the time. I got a guy that mm-hmm. whatever need your help." And so I was like, "Yeah, I'll go meet him." So he's been in prison and he's been struggling and he's got no place to go when he gets out. Yep. So I said, hey, you know, and I made a few calls on the way here before I came to see you. And we, we think we got a nice little reentry plan because we'll jump right into it, right? Um, America locks up more people than any other country in the world, mm-hmm. right? We have more people in any other country, and then any other country in the world, we have more people incarcerated. Connecticut is following the rules, right? And then locking people up. But one thing that we don't do well is reentry. We don't. Reentry. we don't have a plan for reentry, mm-hmm. and as taxpayers we should be concerned about that because a person goes to prison we want to make sure that when they come out we're thinking they're going to be rehabilitated and they're going to have resources but that's f- the furthest from the truth because you're starting from scratch exactly and most of the times you know as you know I've been in and out of prison 10 years of my life right and what I call the installment plan I'd go in for a few months to come back and make sure the food is still gross, right? And, yep. it, and it was, right? You didn't go
0: for the food, the bed, and the television? Nah, no, no, it
1: wasn't. No, no, no. And plus, I don't like dressing like everyone. Right? I I <laughs> yeah, you're a sharp that. dresser, oh, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, that prison, prison made me want to be a better dresser. Well, talk right? a little bit
0: about your past. I mean, it was um, substance abuse, right, that mm-hmm, landed mm-hmm, you in jail. Mm-hmm, um, did you get the help that you needed in prison, though, to figure that out?
1: I wish I did. Um, there were some programs, but they were, like, you know, kind of surface level – If we're talking, like, it from a school perspective, they're, like, one-on-one, right? They just scratch the surface, but we didn't really get into the in-depth reasons of why I was using substances. Um, And I struggled for 10 years of my life, like I said, in and out of of corrections, but I used substances for probably 25 years. Um, Hustling, selling drugs, using drugs in the street, in and out of the street, and really not— You know, um, couldn't figure out why, what was going on. I couldn't get it together. I couldn't put any clean time together. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, and I I struggled for a long time. So it wasn't until I was able, the last time I was incarcerated. Which was when? May 7, 2007, right? So I went back to prison May 7, 2007, and I went for a violation of probation, and quote, unquote, quote marks in the air, right? Uh, Assault on police officer. But really, I got pulled over DWB, driving while black, right? And the officer pulled me over. One thing led to another. He said he pulled me over because I was on my cell phone, but I really wasn't. And then it was just a really bad night for me. And um, I remember um, being choked and tased by the officer, and um, you know, which led to me violating my probation, and I ended up with a four-year sentence. Wow, on top right? of all that. On top of all that, you know, but I... It, it changed my life. Like, I, I'm not condoning the behavior or the situation. I also had a nickel in that dime. You know, I put myself in that situation. I was out at night. I should have been home, and I wasn't. And I got pulled over, and things escalated from there. They didn't have to go that route, but they did. In that process, I was allowed to change. I, I, was, I figured out a way to change my life. I got tired of the in and out of prison, the, you know, having to always look over my shoulder. And so what I did was I wrote a five year plan, which today I call my uh, recovery plan for reentry. And I wrote it for myself, but I've been able to use it with many different people after since I've been home.
0: Well, and you're just such an inspiration that it's led to even your business success, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's one thing to be vocal about it and then people gravitate towards you. They want your help. That Mm -hmm. can be a good thing. But I also find sometimes, as a person in recovery, and by the way, this month is my 15th anniversary. Oh, man, man. Yes. Yes, yes, yes I know. Yes, 15 yes, years, Darren. Yeah, I, I'm so grateful for that. I just had that.
1: 15. I think I'm one year older than You're you.
0: You're one year older. One I year more one, sober one, than one, I am. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's interesting, but sometimes, you know, and I've helped a lot of people because that's what I want to do. But there's just some people that kind of drag you down, can drag mm-hmm. you back under. And you really got to be cautious, right? Mm-hmm, right. Because... Oh, I want to do what you did well you can do what I did but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of things that go into that it's just not that easy Mm -hmm. now thankfully I never went to jail I never had any of those things I didn't lose everything like a Mm -hmm. lot of people do when it comes to substance abuse I can't imagine you know sitting in a jail cell coming out no home no car no family Mm -hmm. you got to change your friends. I mean, all these different behaviors and situations that you've got to change to Mm -hmm. stay on the right path. Mm -hmm. Boy, I really applaud what you're doing. So how have you applied that? You've been doing work with the state. Mm -hmm. Tell us about what you've been up to.
1: So, yeah, um, when I you know, there was these gaps in the system, right? And I realized that, you know, there wasn't a a reentry plan for me. And, you know, I've had some very fortunate opportunities. And one of the things that I'm most proudest of is that um, through a bunch of bumps and, you know, Hers is i started an organization called formerly inc which is connecticut's first criminal justice reform organization, fully staffed by people like me formerly incarcerated people and it really started off like doing consulting and technical assistance and helping organizations understand what people like me returning back to the community need and that just really took off and that really you know people you know we were getting um you know, requests for to help organizations with their transition programs, but also like this gentleman today, helping individuals transition, and possibly connecting with family members too who had questions about, you know, their loved ones that may have been impacted by the criminal justice system. So, fully, anything that we could do to assist people's transition and/or creating a bridge from the correctional system to the community—that's what we were there for. Through that, I met a lot of people and people, some job offers came along, and um, one of them that, uh, you know, I was pretty happy, but one of them came along that um, was the offer to, um, there was an opportunity to become the director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for the um, State of Connecticut Public Defender's Office. Amazing. And, you know, and I've, I've worked at Yale University, I've done a ton of different things, done a TED Talk, right? Yeah. Got to do some really cool stuff, but I mean, if you told me 10, 15 years ago that I'd be working in the public defender's office, I would still be laughing. But here's an opportunity. We talk about the system. There's a lot of people on social media that talk about what's wrong with the world. But here's an opportunity for me to impact the system from the inside. Mm -hmm. And not just for the impacted people, but for the people that work with the system. So I have an opportunity to explain to lawyers what it's like to sit in a jail cell, what it's like to lose your freedom, what it's like to miss your family, you know, even if it's the simplest things as, I have court today, I know I'm not getting out, but please let me go upstairs and see my family for that three minutes that I'm standing in front of the judge, and that you see people turn around and say, I love you, or what have you. That's so important to people. Mm-hmm. But if you've never experienced losing your freedom, you would not know how important know. that those little three minutes were. So I instill that, and I and I do that, and there's so many other things in community engagement, and... Um, really getting attorneys who may not have grew up in the inner city to understand the communities that people how can you defend someone if you don't know where they're from yeah so really getting them out in the community doing community service so getting people you know that work in the system to understand the communities because a lot of times it's not about crime it's more about survival right right so people aren't just breaking the law some of them are just trying to survive
0: mhm so i'm sure there's still some scars you have a scar down the mm-hmm. side of your eye. What's mm-hmm. that from?
1: Oh man, I was shaving, right? And uh <laughs> uh-huh. um, that's boring. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, not no, true. No, no, that's not true. It, it, the um, all the scars I have on my face, which I have multiple ones, all came from fights. Or you know, one one of the scars, the scar that you're talking about, a guy when I was in the street hit me in the face with a forty five. And it cut my face open. Oh my God! Yeah. So he was trying to rob me. He was robbing me, and you know, then um, by the grace of God, I'm here to sit here to tell you about it. But it was an um, unfortunate situation, and you know, I remember my poor mom, right? There's always a mom connected to mm-hmm. these stories, right? My mom, my mom would be like, you know, why do they keep hitting you in your face? <laughs> like, you know, why did, can't they hit you anywhere else? And I'm like, mom, I don't know, man. You know, but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was you know, there was a life that I was living, so I understood, understood the It was part of the deal, right? It, yeah, Part of the like, danger. Like with anything else, right? Yeah. You know, that that came with it.
0: So you have kids. I do. So what happened when you were incarcerated? Did they come see you? Talk a little bit about your, yeah. your fam- family dynamic.
1: Sure, sure, I appreciate the question because kids and family are so important, especially um, when someone's on the inside. And we're starting to see systems recognize the importance of family more but um, so I had three kids. I have three kids: um, two girls and a boy. Boy in the middle, and you know their mom and my mom, you know, made sure that I stayed connected, whether it was through pictures or and or visits when they could. And you know, the visits a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't do visits because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of trauma that's oh. even within the system yep. we, we don't talk enough about trauma. You know, so I could be in a visit, right? Visiting, holding hands, talking about, like, you know, you better be good, what's going on with school, how sports. But the second the visit's over, I'm brought into the back room and I'm strip searched, right? And not only every are they, time, every time. So not only are they physically sh- taking your clothes off and strip searching you, but that feeling, that dignity, that dad feeling was taken, oh my God. drops to the floor as well. And um so a lot of people don't do visits but um for me I was very fortunate and I struggled I I I went through that and, Your um, poor kids. You yeah. know, your poor kids, yeah. the
0: poor kids of these people. I went mm-hmm. to visit a friend of mine who was incarcerated for multiple DUIs and I'd never done that before. i had mm-hmm. been in a prison and spoken to mm-hmm. to a group but never with a visit. And it is intimidating, mm-hmm. the metal detectors and mm-hmm. just the militant behavior of You know, the COs that are there and the officers doing their job. Mm -hmm. Okay, they don't know me. Mm -hmm. Um, But boy, I just left there feeling like I need a shower.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, how are your kids now?
1: Oh, my my which is cool. Right. I really appreciate I always I always love talking to you. Right. So when I first time I went to prison, I was 19. So my son is 19 now Mm -hmm. and he is in Mitchell College. Nice. Right, And he's got a little job, and he's doing good. He got a car that he were working on trying to get it on the road. Um, my oldest um, has her own apartment, and she's got a really cool dog named Roxy. <laughs> um, and then my youngest is in the 12th grade, and she's about to graduate. So you talk about breaking cycles, right? You mm-hmm. talk about due to some decisions that I made in that five-year plan and the, the decision to join this recovery journey has changed not only my life, but the life of my kids as well. Thank God. And, right? um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, you know, It's funny that you asked because my son was texting me something today. He says, hey, Dad, do you have any envelopes? And I was like, yeah, why? In my office. <laughs> you got to ask. You got to ask these sure. kids yeah, today. Yeah. He said, no, I want to get my savings right. I want. I want to I try to break up my savings. And I guess he's got some kind of plan. And I said, you know, I do have some. And I said, you know what? I don't tell you this enough, but I'm proud of you. Wow. You know, uh, um, you know, growing up, no one ever told me that they were proud of me. You know, now I believe my parents and my family were proud of me, but no one said they were mm-hmm. proud of me. Or I love you. Or I love you, mm-hmm. uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, I, and it, let me I take that back. You know, one time I was on the street, and I was running this corner, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and my uncles and cousins had came up from down south, and they were walking up, and they were, like, in these suits and shoes, right, because they're country old men, right? Yeah. And um, they were dressed like gangsters. And um, my cousin said, this is your nephew's corner. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, you want a beer? Or you want something? Just go in there. We had these after hours and prostitution and all kinds of gambling, all kinds of chaos, right? And I'm 17. And my uncle said to me, um, I'm proud of you. Instead of telling me, get my butt home, yep. he was like, I'm proud of you. So that was the one time that Why I Why would hurt. he be proud of you when you're doing that? I, I don't know. I guess <laughs> growing up in that environment, you know, I grew up with hustlers and, you know, yeah. um, and so he thought you would. He
0: thought you were doing well, but now yeah. look at you now. Yeah. Is that uncle still around? He
1: is not. He passed away. I got But if him. he could see you now. If he could see me now. I, I wish that, you know, my dad only knew me as a hustler and a person that was in and out of prison. And he passed before I made this transition. But my mom who's still around and she's very fortunate to see me you know do a lot of really cool stuff she always critiques me you know you know how moms are I'm yeah, like mom, oh yeah. I just met the president she's like you know you say um too much <laughs> well, I'm like mom
0: it'll be interesting to see what she says about this show because oh, man, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we all have those words that we say all the time it's just a habit what yeah, can yeah. you say uh, yeah. and you're a foodie Oh. You love your food, Daryl McGraw. Oh, my God. How do you stay so oh, I don't fit know. and lean?
1: I don't know. I don't appreciate that. You know, I got really good clothes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was thinking that, you know, a lot of times people ask me about the food, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had a professor ask me. He says, you know, I you know, I, I have foodies. And if the foodies are listening, follow me, right? But don't follow me if you're a vegan because I don't you know Yeah, I mean? know. There's none of that. Right, if you're on a diet, don't follow me. <laughs> but... um, People say to me all the time, why do you take pictures of your food? And I was like, "Um, because food is freedom, right? Food is freedom. I've been in places, prison, where they give you what what they want to give you, Mm -hmm. the portion control. Like right now, I'm very fortunate, right, to, um, if I go into a place and I can't make my mind up whether I want fish or chicken, I get them both, Hmm. right? And what a blessing to be able to do it, but it's the freedom, it's not really about the luxury, There is that, but it's the freedom of being able to get what you want when you want it.
0: And unless you've lost that freedom, you've been in a situation where you don't have any choices. You know, your life is controlled by everybody around you. Uh, Then you don't appreciate that. Where can people follow you? What's the best social media? I know you're all over the place. I'll let you tell them.
1: Yeah, they can follow me on LinkedIn as Daryl McGraw. I'm on IG, Instagram at, at Harriet Tubman 18, Harry Tubman. 18 that's so that's instagram harry tubman not harriet harry tubman at 18 um and on facebook is darwin mcgraw you know and if they follow you they could just look at our friend that's right. right we are friends we've been Absolutely. friends for a long time for a long time you're
0: also now on the board at the connection which is yes. a great organization and mm-hmm. and they saw you and said what a perfect fit how's that going
1: uh it's amazing and you know the story about the connection is that when the first time i was in prison um, you know when I was transitioning out I went to a halfway house and the connection ran it
0: uh-huh.
1: and um, there was a lady named Edie there and she was amazing and, and we mama Edie right and she she was really cool and um, so that was my first transition I wish I had learned my lesson but I had, to, I had to take a couple more trips through but there were some values that were instilled in me at that connection house we were like a family Yep. and, um, and here now life comes full circle I get to be on the board and I get to talk about my experience there and how the connection can continue to create these experiences these positive experiences for people transitioning out
0: you know I they've always said this that you know even when I help people sometimes they go back out
1: mm-hmm.
0: but there's a seed if you can plant that seed mm-hmm. or a couple seeds then it takes a couple times sometimes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I recently had a friend call me didn't know that she was struggling with alcohol And, uh, you know, she's driving home drunk. She hasn't gotten the DUI. She hasn't gotten herself in any legal trouble yet. Mm. And that's what I told her. She goes, I don't even remember how I got home last night. Mm. And I said, you're in a situation right now, and you're in a position where you need to fix it. Now, I've been planting seeds with this individual over the course of many years, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But now I'm just so happy to say she keeps reporting to me. It's been about two and a half weeks that she's been sober. And so, wow, you know, you plant that seed with somebody, and all you can do is just... Bless them and hope that they Mm, continue mm. on the right path. Now, fast forward to another friend of mine who worked here with me for a while, who I gave a place to live, who I gave a job, who I took to the meetings with me, who I really had hope that this Mm -hmm, person mm -hmm. was going to make it. Back in jail probably now for three to six years, driving under suspension, driving without a license, driving uh, possession charges, resisting charges. You know, I threw it all away. Now, that's a person I had to let go of, Mm Daryl, because... mm -hmm. I tried and tried and tried and he lied and lied and lied. Mm. So if you're not gonna be honest with me, don't ask for my help. That's kind mm. of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, we do have to meet people where they're at, right? And right. we do have to understand that. But we also, especially as people in recovery, have to be very careful of how we're helping people, mm. right? I'm not like, this recovery is intimate. It's an intimate relationship, yes, it right? Is. It's really special. It's mm. something that you have to like take care of like a baby. So you have to hold on to that. And you can't let anybody jeopardize it, right? So people have to understand. So I'm willing to help people, but I'm not going to go into the crack house and test my strength. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. seeing, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that. But if I'll meet you outside of the crack house and we can try to get you treatment. And you know, I have friends all over the state and all over the country that, when somebody needs help, if I make that call, usually we can get them. We can get them somewhere. But I always make the disclaimer: Are you really? Are you ready? Ready? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to get take a bed from somebody that really, really is ready, right? And we know there's this thing called a window of time, right? So you got to, you know, that window, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big, and we need to move on it. But then there's other times that people are just not ready. And when they're not ready, they're not ready. The one thing that I know for sure is when you're ready, you're ready. I knew that the day yes. that I said I was, mm-hmm. I was done. But you done. have to say it, and you, you have, have to, to believe it. it. Yeah, yeah, and you have to commit to it. Yes. I mean, I ran, I ran the streets really hard to get my drug of choice. So you have to run just as hard to get keep this recovery. Yeah. You have to run just as hard, like to, and you have to um, network, right? I always say my network is my network. Right? And
0: you don't want to jeopardize those relationships with people who don't understand it, mm-hmm. who say, yes, we can help you, mm-hmm. but then they see a person fail. That happens sometimes. Oh yeah, People yeah. relapse. Mm-hmm. They go back out. Mm-hmm. But it's just managing right. that continuous cycle and getting the people and the resources. So we've got just a few minutes left. In the time that you've been doing this and giving back Daryl yes, yes. how many people have you helped and where are they now?
1: Oh, I don't even know. The number's crazy. The Is number's it? crazy. I can't even put a number on it because you never know. You know, one of the things about helping people – is it could be I've had people walk up to me and said something you said or I heard you speak in prison or I heard you speak at a meeting. I had somebody call me and said, I heard you speak in 2016 and it never left me. Even this job, uh, you know, that I work at now, people are like, I can't believe you were the guy that said blah, 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 Mm blah. And I was like, wow, you were there? So you never know. So I always try to be on my best behavior. You might not catch me. (laughs) You might catch me (laughs) slipping sometimes, but I try to be on my best behavior because... That's the rent that we pay on this earth, right? It's helping other people,
0: and that is going to be your continuing mission.
1: Absolutely, I'm trying to keep my rent. I'm trying not to get evicted. So <laughs> chances
0: are, there's probably—I know there is—somebody out there listening to this program, Daryl, who, if it's not them, it's someone they know that needs <clears throat> the help. What advice do you have for people that substance abuse, addiction, mm-hmm. you know, legal issues? Is there is there a resource for those folks?
1: Yeah, I think that well, well you know what? Reach out to me. I'm, I'm easy to find. Be careful uh, what you uh, wish yeah. for. Hey, reach out. Reach really? out. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, that's what we do. This is this is what we do. But the other thing is that don't give up on people, right? We can't give up on mm-hmm. individuals. We gotta we gotta you know you know sometimes you gotta help them from afar. Yep. But you just want to be able to support them. I mean, because if people gave up on me, I mean, thank God for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances, right? I wouldn't be here. But um, just, you know, finding out what those individuals need. And sometimes we, we, it's small steps of just giving somebody, you know, some, some food right. or a nice, kind word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because if people had given up on me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here today. I know. You know, yeah. I was dying. I had the opportunity to go to a rehab, to figure it out. Um, have there been bumps in the road? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Have there been temptations? Absolutely. But here I am now fifteen years this month.
1: Absolutely. Clean Let's and go. sober.
0: So talk about putting some time together mm-hmm. and talk about such a wonderful life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it can happen to anybody. You know, was I drunk on the news? No. Mm-hmm. But was I an alcohol am I an alcoholic? Absolutely, yes. Right, right. So to put our faces and voices out there as we've done in the past, all we can do is hope that this helps somebody, right, Daryl?
1: Oh no, hundred percent. I'm hoping that you know that that's 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 the goal, right? That that little throwing that pebble in the water and it ripples out Mm -hmm. you know and and for those moms that are out there who have kids that are struggling hopefully that you know like my mom she she stuck it out she she stuck it out
0: don't give up don't give up on these people because it's a disease Mm -hmm. it's a situation that they're in and if you can just get them to say they're ready Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: the opportunity Mm -hmm. to change their life so daryl mcgraw Mm d-a-r-y-l and it's m little c Big G, R-A-W. Look him up on Facebook. All right, let's get your other handles right. Yeah,
1: Harry Tubman, H-A-R-R-Y-T-U-B-M-A-N-18. at I Instagram, let's go. I need more followers. <laughs> Look up that TED Talk, uh, Urban Trauma, Trauma Unchecked. It's trauma untreated, man. Look up that TED Talk on YouTube. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's so inspirational. you got to check that out. I need more followers. Come on, man. Let's go.
0: Let's go. Let's do this. Daryl McGraw, I got to tell you, you have put the biggest smile on my face. Oh, man. What better way to celebrate my anniversary than with someone like you? And, you know, keep up the good work. You're mm. changing lives one at a time. You're changing the world one life at a time. And that's what it's what it's all about. So thank well, you, you, you know, my
1: friend. You make it easy. You're super easy on the eyes. So oh. I, mean, I love coming here. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah.
0: And of course, we couldn't do this with all of you. We want to thank you for tuning in to this edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get Customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with GameTip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download
1: it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks parts used with permission.